Super Senpai Podcast. Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a weekly episodic tokusatsu-related podcast where we're talking about fights and tights. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. Uh, and this week, we've got uh, my friend John, a.k.a. Burgersama. Welcome. Hello. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here with us. Uh, you're, you're one of my longest friends on the internet here. Uh, super cool artist. I love your work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And you're you're actually the person, the person that told me, like I, I've mentioned this uh, on previous episodes, but the one that told me, hey, uh, you can watch that stuff subtitled now. And uh, that's... <laughs> really? That's, yeah, you're the one that was like, hey, check this out. This this group is doing, um, is doing Kabuto, <laughs> and I think you're going to like it. And wow. I just, I can blame you for <laughs> this, is on this you, revival John. of interest. This is yeah, on you. Guilty. <laughs> yep. It's all my fault. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wow, so, uh, I did not know that. That is that's going on the resume. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's important. You're basically a founding member of this show by by sort of by technicality, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I've always been here in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're uh this is really going to be your first foray into Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger, but you've seen Toku stuff already. So, um what I guess what's your experience been getting into it and then, you know, what you like? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I was kind of like thinking how I would uh, answer this because I'm really like, <sighs> I'm all over the place. Like I just got, uh, you know, I'll, I'll dip my toe in and uh, really dig something and then maybe catch up and uh, forget about it and never check up on it again. Like how I got into it was definitely just the original Power Rangers show when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, it was my very first introduction uh, didn't really know what it was back then, just, you know, that it was a show that I liked. Uh, and then after that, when I really got into it, was Beautiful Joe. Uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, Beautiful Joe, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I was like, oh, man, I remember this. This is amazing. And I just started looking into it then. Uh, you know, we had the internet then, so I could actually do that. Uh, and I've always been interested. I love the idea. It's just, man, I always drop off shows. It's, it's such a bad habit. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't blame you. Yeah. But I've seen uh, uh, a lot of O's, a lot of fours, uh, a little bit of Gaim, uh, bits and pieces of uh, Kabuto and some of the other ones. Does uh, the cell phone one count? Fies? Uh, no. Remember that one where it was the, the cell phone? Yeah. Like, <laughs> people? Yeah. Uh, that K-tai. was one. K7. Sosican. Yeah, K7. Right? Uh, oh, yeah. A little bit of, what was it, Garo? Yeah. I've seen a bunch of stuff. K7. I still think about K7, man. That's a I good know. one. That was have you? Do you have any experience with that one, Grant? No, not at all. <laughs> it's like, um, rather than like a Henshin kind of toku series, it's about like a, a, bo- it's like a boy and his robot, but his, his robot is a tiny like phone, like a flip phone that can right. hack into other devices. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's, a, it's, it's something else, but it's yeah. a lot of fun. But yeah. So I guess... Uh, what happened last week? Well, uh, last week, 
boy, it, it's amazing what you can forget in just a few days. <laughs> um, last week, uh, it may be easier to remember who we had on. We had we had Doc on, and this was the one where um, we got that fight underground with the pillars. We had um, the all the Poldermans sort of getting together to fight the uh, Lupin Kaiser, and they were like playing chicken with it. Um, it was much, it was, uh, they were throwing, that's right, they were throwing um, Pat Rangers off the scent, so to speak, and not getting discovered. That was kind of the big. That's right. Okay. That was the big element. And I, I totally just, uh, I totally messed up here, uh, but this, since, <laughs> this, uh, this is John's first one, uh, a quick recap on what we've seen so far, I guess. Oh, sure. So you haven't, John, you haven't seen anything? Uh, Pat briefly explained the, uh, okay. the well, you're... like. You're in for a ride, then. Yeah, uh, it we got sounds two teams. incredible. Yeah, it's really great. Um, I mean, I say that maybe this will be a, a terrible episode, but so far, um, <laughs> basically, it's uh, a group of a, a thief team and a, a police team, both of which have the same versus changers, and they so they have similar uh, ways in which they go about doing their heroics uh, in a, a a gang of mobster kaijin monsters. Um, they're all chasing these uh, Lupin collection. The the Pat Rangers, the the police are obviously trying to apprehend the thieves, and the thieves are stealing these in order to bring back um, either friends or loved ones that have been basically killed uh, in these like ice blocks by an ice villain that we haven't really been introduced to yet very much. And other than that, it's been pretty much you know your standard weekly hijinks with uh, the added dynamic of having two full teams with. Two different robots and different attacks and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's definitely a, a different scale, um, and the sort of the idea of having a central conflict between the hero teams. But that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I think in the shortest possible path from here to there. And this past week, we didn't really have any big plot reveals, but we did have um, the loop on the, the the Pat Ranger team was about to discover their identities. It was very clear they were on the case. And the uh, Lupin Rangers managed to dissuade them, you know, to, to, to you know, keep up the, the ruse that they are not actually the Rangers when they really are. We all know they are. Uh, that is such a, and I remember thinking this too when Pat told me about it, that is such a cool concept to have, like, mm. the two teams. And to, the fact that you say that they almost found out who they were, like, this early? Like, who knows where that stuff's going to go, man? Yeah. Uh, I, I probably will check this one out for 20 episodes and then drop off. it's definitely different i think the the fun of it i mean we've obviously seen you know hero stories have been rife with internal conflict for for many many decades but i think particularly the fact that you have two teams with sort of like top billing here they're both their names are on the the title cards so to speak Mm -hmm. um and that that core conflict is is buried in it you know it's not just oh the six ranger shows up and he's kind of a jerk for a while or (laughs) oh we've been mind controlled this episode or it's you know, a team of three and a team of two that eventually just kind of become a team of five after a few episodes. Like the fact that they have been oppositional from the word go and continue to be oppositional and probably will be for most of the show's run really gives it just a different kind of flair and a different dynamic that's really fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they keep coming up with new stuff. They've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, always more toys to sell. <laughs> Episode nine, huh? Uh, so this week, I think maybe we'll actually get... Um... Maybe we'll actually get to see the ice villain this time, but I really can't call. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant. Uh, 
because we, we, we got all our wishes granted and now we we're in uncharted territory here. Um, mm. I certainly feel like with the removal of the threat of them being found out, we'll probably get more about some other villain for some, you know, kind of building tension. So whether it's the ice villain or more about the mobsters, who knows, but I, I definitely think we're going to, we need another threat, you know, as opposed to just the reveal, which was the big threat for the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited. Y'all ready to, to, to watch us some Toku? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do this thing. この番組はザノシーとキアスクリグループPRTとザコミックフィンドとご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りします。And we're back. Uh this was different. We didn't uh, we didn't get the ice ice dude. We we got a hint of him, but um it went a totally different direction this time, but definitely still feeling it, guys. Yeah, very much so. I I really enjoyed it, but I'm very curious to hear what John thought since this was just his baptism of fire in the series. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, Pat, why don't you give us a quick rundown on the episode? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so this time um, we got to see the Ice Gangler briefly in the very beginning, just walking around, chewing on ice, looking totally, totally fitting in, normal citizen. But this leads us to... The Lupin Rangers getting a hint of some uh, jewelry designer visiting their town and uh, about to put on her her jewelry collection. Uh, I guess just like as a museum piece or or to for purchase, showing off. I don't know. I don't know what rich people do. It turns out one of the pieces from her collection is supposedly a Lupin item. So the Lupin Rangers go to investigate and basically confirm that it is because right as they get there, uh, a gangler shows up and tries to take it. Uh, we get into a quicker fuffle. Uh, the, the we get a nice elevator action sequence, which leads to uh, them rolling out to the bottom floor. The Pat Rangers show up, responding to the a call from a security guard. Fight continues to break out, but meanwhile, uh, Lupin Red whisks the jewelry designer away and basically convinces her to, um, or at least attempts to convince her to hand over her piece. Um, but she doesn't really want to hand it over to the ganglers, or she's at least aware of the ganglers and is aware of uh, the Lupin Rangers, and she doesn't really want to give it up. Um, in fact, at first she thinks that he's working for her sister, who she's estranged from. The The gangler uh, gets away while the while they're fighting him. Uh, then Lupin Red takes, takes the jewelry designer back to their base and, I guess, hears her story, finds out what her deal is, and it's very similar to what uh, Lupin Red's relationship was with his brother. Her sister showed her up, and then Lupin Red's brother showed him up, and then uh, that kind of distance isn't is basically wasn't reparable because he ended up being killed by the Ice Gangler. And so we got a little bit of an emotional connection with Red. Uh, they lay a trap. The Gangler falls for the trap, and the Gangler attacks them again while they're while they're talking about um handing it over or what's what's actually important here and i think she's just like you know what it's not really worth the trouble and i'm gonna go make up with my sister uh lupon yellow and lupon blue are holding off or trying to keep the gangler at bay the pat rangers destroy the gangler supposedly with with a low level super and um it seems like without that piece they're they kind of fall into despair because supposedly they can't get their wishes granted if they lose a piece of the collection we get a quick fight with a golem instead of the named monster this week. And right. 
the Pat Kaiser uh, just kind of it's, it kind of falls apart in the middle of the fight, which I, we'll talk about later. Then Lupin Red takes the jewel that he got from the jeweler and it turns into a new weapon that he uses to defeat the golem. But even though he got this, he comes back to the cafe and yellow and blue are kind of like really, really affected because of, on their watch, the gangler got defeated. There was a lot. There was a lot going on this weekend. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> well, uh, to give you a break from from talking, I guess I'll just say that I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, I mean, I think we talked a little bit. Um, at least we brought John up to speed in terms of while we were watching that the collection can grant wishes, or so we've been told. Um, which may or may not be the villain's motivation for getting it too, but it's certainly the Lupin Rangers. You know, their their reason for doing anything that they do is they're trying to get to trying to get all the pieces to make a wish. It's never really been specified the mechanics of that, if there are limitations on it or anything. But um, you know, because they haven't talked about it too much, we didn't really consider whether they needed all of them or just some of them or whatever. But they are clearly under the impression that they need to get every single one of them because the destruction of the uh, the gangler by uh, Pat Red at the end or near the end there uh, was like devastating for the team. Um, the Lupin Rangers are just like they're completely shook because they just don't to them. They're never going to get the people back that they've been doing all this for. So uh, it was pretty heavy. Um at least I thought. Mm, I thought it was mm-hmm. a, a. The rest of the episode was really good too. But like, wow, what a moment! Especially because the way he fired it and it hit the gangler, it went completely silent for a few seconds. The explosion almost caught blue and yellow in the blast. Like it was really, really good moment. Really powerful. So I liked that a lot. Uh, I guess I'll jump in. I mean, just coming in completely blind. Um, I was really impressed. Just uh, I guess one by the action, uh, like the camera work, uh, and just like how. Uh, complex the fights are uh, mm. or can be uh, and there's a lot of people fighting at one time uh, even like when they switch over to the what was it the Pat Kaiser yeah mm-hmm. uh, like the the graphics and the angles uh, there it's just like I, I guess I haven't seen uh, a Super Sentai show in some time but yeah just so impressed with uh, what they're able to do now um, and then just uh I guess on the other hand, of, or the other side of that coin, is uh, the story, too. Like how you were touching on, you know, just like how it got pretty heavy at the end there. Um, it's it's a pretty uh, interesting story uh, with also a lot of players uh, that we don't know a lot about. I just can't believe, you know, <laughs> that that this is uh, the, the new Super Sentai. Is, uh, I'm really, really want to know more. Um it's a shame, like, because uh, this episode seemed to feature the Lupin Rangers more than uh, the Pat Rangers. So I feel like I didn't get to see them a lot. Like, yeah, really like everything I saw. I think that's a strength of the show. Um, but also, yeah, a bit of a, a weakness at the same time is you, it has to go back and forth on who it's focusing on. You know, not just an individual member of the team, but between two teams. Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to be more of a Lupin episode? Is it going to be more of a Pat episode? Like, what's... And you don't necessarily know what you're going to get, sort of, you know, watching the preview. Yeah, and I think the the focus on the Lupin Rangers has been pretty consistent. I mean, we've had some Pat Ranger-focused episodes, and it's, it's been kind of a 60-40 thing, it feels like, so far. I mean, I don't know if it's felt that way for Pat, but, like, the Lupin Rangers, I mean, their, their name is first for a reason, mm. and their plight is more, like, the Pat Rangers' entire motive is to get the Lupin Rangers, so the, but the Lupin Rangers have sort of a a, a goal outside of another team. So they feel like where the show typically hangs its hat. 
I guess really they're the the driving force of the story, right? Exactly. Because they have that their mission. Yeah, they did get sort of their their emotional backstory front loaded, and I think we spent maybe like the first three episodes um, with them, and then we're kind of thirsty for some Pat Ranger action. I don't know if now is a good time to talk about like where the show would be headed, uh, if uh, that's for later, maybe. I don't know. How dare you bring that up on this show, John? How dare you? No, I'm kidding. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? What are you, what are you feeling? I could see it being that like they front load with the Lupin Rangers, and that's how they start the story. And something could happen to one, some, or all of the Pat Rangers that uh, mm. maybe some of their loved ones or whatever get frozen. Uh, and then they're put in a position, you know, where now are they going to commit a crime? Are they going to uphold their duty? Uh, but then we would focus on them more than the others, and you wouldn't have to focus on the others as much because we already know a lot about them, and you could just show them briefly instead of, you know, feature. And then maybe by the end, it's like a a, a reluctant team effort, maybe. But I could see them kind of, like, balancing the story that way, maybe. Because it'd be <clears throat> weird to have, like, a team that isn't featured as much, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the, the I guess, what people are kind of guessing at, or mm-hmm. the audience is kind of guessing at this point. It's like, you know, there are some staples that we know about just sort of broadly about Super Sentai stuff and that, okay, you know, there's going to be some, there's going to be a giant robot, of course. There's going <laughs> to yeah. be, you know, multiple giant robots at some point, maybe. There's going to be, you know, additional additional rangers. Like, what's, you know, how are they going to implement this, those things that happen later on, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I sort of feel like I'm surprised at the way they framed the 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 way Kyrie got the scissors. Uh, so the scissors is obviously kind of the feature toy for this week. Um, it's basically like an F-117 Nighthawk that has a little baby Nighthawk on the top of it um, that also is two pairs of scissors that can separate. Um, sort of like if you ever watched Johnny Quest, the old the Quest jets could separate like that. Ah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Which is ob- very relevant to Toku. Uh, Johnny Quest and uh, it, it no, Johnny Quest and together. Thunderbirds and all that. It all definitely feeds in. Yeah, so that was the big toy. But the the sort of the driving force was that this French woman had it as a necklace from her grandfather, and she eventually gives it to Kyrie in a scene that I thought was was pretty appropriate. Uh, she decided to give it up because it wasn't worth her life because Destra had just fired like seventeen missiles at her <laughs> and she almost got exploded. And she's like, you know what, Kyrie, it's yours, my dude. Just enjoy. Um, but it was interesting that they had it around her neck and like Kyrie tried to buy it from her and was kind of pursuing her for a while. It was an interesting sort of sub theme to the episode and eventually she just gives it up. Um, and I just thought it was an interesting juxtaposition kind of thematically because for her, it really wasn't worth her life. And yet for the Lupin Rangers, it's those treasures are worth the lives of others. And I just thought that was an interesting kind of dynamic that we saw that, you know, that they're not, they're not just stealing for personal gain. They're stealing because it's important important to them to save people um, whereas for other people eventually they just kind of have a cutoff point like look it's even with sentimentality attached like it's not really worth my life it's just a you know it just looks like a piece of a, a toy plastic thing on my neck like who cares so i thought that was interesting how dare you she is a, a famous jeweler how yeah. <laughs> and you think that she'd think it was plastic around her neck i think she has a better eye than that oh yeah you're right that's kind you're of right. an interesting uh <laughs> That's kind of an interesting commentary on jewelry itself, then too, isn't it? Like, because it's only valuable because we say it's valuable, right? Because uh-huh. people, yeah, want it's just it. shiny rocks, man. They're all just shiny rocks, yeah. ultimately. 
And like I, I guess maybe I might have missed why she kept it like that. If it was just because it was valuable, or if it because it was more like the grudge she was holding with her sister. But hmm. I mean, either way, it was like yeah, like you just have it for that reason. One, are you gonna die for it? Two, like, come on, like I need it more. <laughs> you know, like in in very yeah, no. crude manner of speaking, it's like, come on, obviously I need it more than you do. Yeah. What are you doing to that thing? It's just hanging around your neck. Come on. Look, come look on. at that. Fork it over, thing. lady. Come on. You don't even have the gun it goes with. <laughs> you, even buy it. you can't even buy it at a store. <laughs> you, you even know what it's called, lady? <laughs> it's not French. Interesting that we only saw that, uh, I guess that we're running with, um, we only really saw Destra and the other gangler who was a sort of a janitor but he had these like his transformed state had these kind of antlers in a sort of halo above his head and he had swords but with Destra who is the only other kaijin and gangler that we saw this week it's interesting that they returned to him just deploying a golem to like he doesn't get big he just chucks out a golem because he's done that in the past once before so I wasn't sure I mean, we weren't really sure then whether that's just like a thing he did one time or like a thing he can always do, but apparently he can just like, that's his thing. He's just like, look, I'm not bothering with this. I'm just going to have a, a rando monster do it. And then that rando monster was apparently powerful enough to defeat the Pat Kaiser, which was pretty interesting. Well, it was that, but also I think um, Pat Red like upset Good Striker. And so I think Good Striker was like, you know what? Forget it. Like, I'm not, I don't <laughs> so, want to do it. <laughs> He did try to shove him back down. If I remember right, he didn't want to attack the the scissors piece because it was like an important thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like when he started firing at that, he started freaking out. And then I think they lost focus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never seen a... Rarely do you see a, a Gatai go on come undone so haphazardly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, we know the Doylean explanation for that is definitely that they had to show off the scissors, so yeah. <laughs> you can't just have the regular toys do it, but it was interesting, you know, in the text. And then that the Golem is sort of uh, weak enough to have been defeated by an untransformed mech. Like, okay. like, Or maybe the mech's really just strong. That's true. That's true. The scissors looked pretty sharp. I'm curious to see. Could a stone monster? I assume the, the, these will form because there's two of them. They'll form some sort of arm or arms for one of the Kaisers because the, some of the prior things have been weapons. Like, but I guess maybe just be an attack because it's been the helicopter and the bike so far, right? The other yeah, yeah. Uh, toys that we've gotten. And then I think, well, I imagine it's a Lupin one since it's just, it's an air vehicle, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's true. Seems that's to be true. consistent with grounded. The Pat Rangers get ground vehicle upgrades, and then the. Lupin Rangers get air vehicles, so... Hmm. Um, I mean, maybe they'll mix it up, but so far, that's what we've seen. I mean, even if they don't combine with anything, you still make plenty of toys. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything we really didn't like about the episode? Didn't like? Um, I, mean, I couldn't really... Not, yeah, not particularly for me. Uh, there was some good comedy bits, too, like the Lupin Rangers having to share the one uh, <laughs> eyepiece to look through the window... Mm. Um, the bit with uh, Kyrie stealing the security guard's garb oh, uh, yeah, to yeah. try to trick the the French woman. You know, I, 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 I was quite pleased with that. I don't really have any major complaints. It's a, another really good episode that really seemed to up the emotional ante. You know, like we said at the beginning, like without having the reveal of the Lupin Rangers be the hook. Now the hook is, okay, how does the wishing actually work? Are they, I mean, we assume that they're not really done for, but. Like, now the question is, like, okay, how do they solve this problem? This is the new question, so. Mm. 
and I, I wanted to make sure I said this on the actual episode. Um, I am a big fan of heart boxers showing up on people in cartoons <laughs> and television, and I got that. So that that uh, that's a nice little thing for me. I didn't even notice the guard had them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Like all the way back to Goof Troop days. Mm-hmm. We're going to the Goof mm. Troop, and we always stick together. Sorry, a- any excuse? That, you're not. That's not getting cut out. You're not. I don't care what you tell that's me. That's fine. After that's fine. This. Yeah. Great. Get to, work, get to work on the remix, folks. Yep. <laughs> About to queue up power lines eye to eye. You know it's a jam. You oh, know it is. Go. There it is. Oh, baby. Are we ready to any do final thoughts and head over to Twitter questions? Sure. Cool. Let's see what we've got here. So from uh, our good buddy uh, Shushuto, Shushutu, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the one show that you found yourself rewatching over and over? Obviously, this being Toku specific. Oh, rats. I have not seen that series. Is that a rat-based Sentai? Is that what I'm <laughs> to understand? Oh no! Uh, it's see, it's the uh, the, the there's Ratatoku, a Japanese adaptation will. of the live-action Ninja Turtle show, and that's actually. <laughs> I, I thought you were going for Biker Mice from Mars. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a one of those like weird mixed things. But serious, serious answer. Uh, I actually haven't gone back and watched a whole thing over again since these are tend to be pretty long. And I don't know yeah. if that's shameful or not, but that's just I haven't done it. But I will say the thing I have watched the most of, just because it's a it's a spectacle, is the first episode of Decade. Uh, mm. That is, there's so much going on in that first episode that like it promises so much, and I just love seeing it, seeing tons of writers die seeing a world fall apart because of just stuff it's great it's a it's just wow i know for myself again i i'm in a similar boat um as soon as i'm done with the toku i run off to watch the next one i, I don't really slow down and go back and rewatch them especially due to their length but um i keep returning to zoo ranger i will just randomly watch episodes sometimes um i just it 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 is both uh, a sentai that's basically my favorite but also at the same time it, it it carries the air of mmpr nostalgia um which is unfair because it's not that but it, it, i really don't care i still watch those <laughs> things and i love it so uh i'm in the same boat i just i am a notorious uh not rewatcher um at least full series i just can't do it not not often but i'll rewatch certain episodes or scenes or clips uh, so for that, and, uh, these are, oh, what was it called? Forever Red, the Power Rangers yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That is, that is just mm-hmm. like, if I want to watch a Power Rangers thing, uh, that's probably the one I'm going to watch. Um. That's a great episode. Or, gosh, uh, and I feel bad because I don't remember the show name or the character's name, but the Dog Ranger from the Space Ranger show where he kills like the 100 dudes and they have the counter on the screen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which Man. one is that? Uh, he was, uh, was it SPD? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember the Japanese name. Which would be a Decca Ranger. Decca Ranger. Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I watched the crap out of that in college, like almost every day for a while. <laughs> so uh, one of those, one of those things. Just the cool action scenes. I'll watch those over and over and over. Mm. But yeah, just watching a, a rewatching a whole series, man. I can't even think of one I've actually done it for. It's I know that some people do it. It's a it's hard to do. Like that's it's a lot of content to get through again. Yeah, especially when there's more out there. Exactly. There's always something else. Um, but no, that was a good question, Shushu. Thanks. This one comes just from uh, a frequent buddy, Behalite Bebop. Any scenes in Toku that really moved you to tears, and if so, what was the best one? Whew. Oof. 
I have multiple answers to this, so I guess I can lead. Um, yeah, for me, I, I, crying during Toku is part of the experience for me. So, like, I <laughs> it's very cathartic. Um, I have multiple examples, but uh, I think one that I haven't talked much about is the first more modern Ultraman that I watched was Ultraman X a couple years ago. And there's a an episode around the midpoint, maybe 15, 16, 17, that focuses on their sort of, like, grizzled older captain character on the team and it's about him and his daughter's wedding and i was done for that episode annihilated me so yeah that was that was a good one shout out to ultraman x for being really good (laughs) oh man i can't think of one hmm i'm sure it's happened it's just man i can't think of one that sticks out i think any emotional reaction i think is fine here i i personally hmm I can I can go if you want. Yeah, go for it. I don't necessarily. I've, I've cried at two two things in media, both of them anime related. One was Grave of the Fireflies because, of course, and then the other right. one was uh, actually Devilman Crybaby because, yeah, right? I'm just duh, of course. Oh wait, can it be anything? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just gonna say that Toko, I haven't had that experience with Toko. If you want, that's, that's fine. We'll, we'll get there. I at least want to say because I don't want to make it sound like I'm a tough guy who doesn't cry. I I cry this whole at episode, everything, <laughs> so let's just put that out there. It's not that I'm too tough. It's just I can't remember. Mm. But uh, with regards to Toku, I would say the most emotional thing for me, maybe, uh, I'm going to say it's probably stuff that happened towards the end of Drive, like just how much some characters you want to either, like, how much you connect i connected to some of the characters at the end of drive and how much i I wanted things to just be okay for some of them and and that just the way things were set up it was just impossible and it just wasn't going to happen and also i guess some of the self-sacrifice that goes goes into it because i'm a big fan of like you know enemy and and me and my enemy go teaming up against a a mutual enemy that's whatever not necessarily the greater good but just the world's gonna end one of us has to stay here like one of those things like I, so i did get right. that like uh, gut gut-wrenching thing i just wanted things to be fine but you know that's just not how it works but it tends to be i think towards the end of like a rider series that i that i get to that point so i don't <laughs> i have to, i feel like i have to tread lightly here <laughs> oh i see what you mean yeah mm-hmm. that makes sense though yeah if i had to say anything sentai related and it's i guess it's loosely related. It's not a show, but uh, like uh, the end of Wonderful 101. Uh, I really like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Different types of tears throughout the whole ending. That's true. Mm-hmm. My hands really hurt mashing oh, that button. Yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the best mashing there ever was, though. It's true. That is the, the, the best button mashing scene I've ever, ever. The best quick time event ever, I think. Yeah, for um, real. For real. Grant, if you haven't experienced this, uh, Wonderful 101 is basically like a, a Super Sentai series on the Wii U. Yeah, it's um, like like the oh, series okay. you play. It's uh, it's really good. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah, I should uh, check that out. All right, so our last question of the night comes to us from Kay Miralath. Uh, so Kay asks, so obviously Toku has a lot of big dramatic moments that are just excuses to introduce a new toy. Sometimes it's easy to roll with. Sometimes it really breaks everything. What are your most and least favorite examples of this kind of thing? 
That's a big question. That's a big one. It is. Um, yeah. <laughs> anytime we get most and least and stuff like this, I, I my usual rule of thumb is like this may not be the most or the least, but it's what yeah. came to mind. So I have one that actually came to mind. Sure, talk about it. Uh oh man, I wish I could remember the name of the series. It was uh, one of the anniversary ones recently with all the pirates. Oh, Go Kiger. Um, and they had the toys, right? Like they had the actual toys that they would use for like attacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. God, are we talking about uh, Gokaiger here? Yeah. I yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that the the gimmick? Like they had the ranger keys. Yeah, the mm-hmm. ranger keys that were essentially like little figurines of the rangers. Hmm. Uh, like that's pretty ridiculous. Um, and <laughs> at least to me, seemed like well, maybe not a way to just make a bunch of merch to sell, but it's like this is the anniversary show. I feel like they weren't even trying to to be sneaky about it. It's just like, yeah, this is what it is. We're going to be real upfront about it. But who cares? Like, you love that crap. You're going to buy it. And if you're not, you're going to watch it. Like, I don't know. For me, I feel like maybe just because I haven't seen a bunch of them, I feel like there's, it's hard to find a worst one. I mean, they, they've been at this for a while. They know how to integrate it well enough. Yeah. But, if, I mean, I can't think of one that would have broken the show, but... I am generally a fan of, I mean, I'm fine with the toyetic elements. Um, usually the more gaudy, the better these days. But I do enjoy <laughs> mm. um, the, like, say, like the original Ultraman in 66 and stuff like that, where very clearly the toys were the vehicles, mm. which, like, they are obviously toys that they sell, and they still sell to this day. But the toyetic elements weren't quite so integrated to the person. Like, it wasn't like someone's walking around literally, like, wearing a a toy that that might still have like the price tag on it you know what i mean yeah um they were just more like well we're a a crazy sci-fi organization with some crazy sci-fi vehicles and it felt a little i mean that was still obviously the intent the 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 distance was just that extra degree i think that helped um keep it from sort of which i'm fine with what they do now but it's very obviously like super toyetic um the thing that i really don't like I really don't like cell phones as a as a gimmick. Um, something <laughs> yeah. about the fact that that already is a small object that I use and has gimmicky things on it. I think that kind of removes some of the luster of it. Like seeing a flip phone or like I just started Build and like seeing him just have a phone. Just, I don't know. It doesn't do anything for me. I want like a giant plastic wrist changer with dials and things that is clearly a toy but is not something that like I have. Like I don't have a giant like wrist gizmo or whatever so it makes well that's what that's what his belt is for i think in that case i think that's exactly what you were looking for sure exactly but just like the like whenever a phone comes out i'm just like like i don't know i don't like the idea of their superpowers being like an app i guess it just doesn't doesn't do much for me i feel like the uh the novelty of that has worn off um sure because before it was like oh phones are like you know this new thing that everyone's just starting to have Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree. Like, it's it's a real world object. Like, it's not exciting. Um, right. Not that a watch is, but like, you don't use a watch to summon a you know anything. Right. Know? <laughs> uh, I've, I'm sorry. Have you heard of the Apple Watch? Because I can get an Uber. I can't get an Uber. There's no Ubers here. No but... one has an Apple Watch, <laughs> and it looks lame anyway. Like, it doesn't. It, you know, it doesn't look uncomfortable to wear. Like, come on. <laughs> I want to bang that thing on the side of the door when I walk through it. <laughs> and that that's your transformation sequence? <laughs> Henshin. <laughs> Put it on my bill. Hmm. I I'm I'm Okay, I this is I don't know if this is like a crime or not to say to uh, admit to this, but I don't like 
the big plastic swords as much. Mm. <gasps> I'm not a fan. Like, I like when it's, like, not a... Okay, I, this has come up in previous episodes, but I like when it's not a sword. Anything that's not a sword is my favorite thing. So when it shows up and it's, like, even the even builds, like, sword, it's, like, a freaking drill blade. That's great. I like that. Yeah. But yeah. when it's, like... Or... What about like, okay, the if, uh, orange slice sword? It has to be... I'm still... Uh, I guess it's appropriate because it's, like, armor, like... It's pretty clever, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's part of it. It's part of the the armor aesthetic, you know. Something like, jeez, oh, maybe I'm going too hard on this, but I'm thinking about like decades, uh, gun and also sword that was sticking out of his little booklet. I don't know if that's, but that that sword did not look. That sword looked like you could break that thing. Yeah, I know what you. I think I know what you mean. Like I've seen a couple of swords where it's just like that. That actually looks like a toy. Um, yeah. mm. Like, I don't buy that doing any damage. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have, like, a big sword thing, make it kind of interesting or make it something else. Like, <laughs> a, a spear, uh, a staff I'm down with, or yeah. just straight up get down and dirty and beat them down with your fists, which is, uh, I think, why I liked um, the introduction of birth in O's and also <laughs> yeah. um, Meteor in mm-hmm. 4s, just, going, just going full Bruce Lee with the... I think that's one of O's greatest strengths is that the the coin slot gimmick mm. has a I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of, like it's not something that I'm experiencing, so it doesn't actually have any weight. But it there's a there's almost a tactile sensation to it, just because like putting a coin in a slot is something that you've done a lot, or at least I've done a lot, like putting coins and things. So like knowing what the character's feeling in that sense, yeah, like is really evocative, and it just like I don't know, it, it works really well. All the coin gimmick stuff works. I was going to say, like, I, I kind of, and not really, but if any part of the design of the costume or, you know, device or gadget or anything, if they have to slow down for even a second to use it or activate it or plug it in or whatever, I think it's really lame. Um, <laughs> like, and Heresy. I, like heresy like if you, you just because because then i start thinking like oh if i was doing that i'd be screwing it up hard like just imagine like trying to fumble one of the switches into the force belt that's the uh, fantasy john no they but get it, it right every time it's like putting a usb in a slot it just worked for them that's their superpower yeah that, I, was, I, right. that was the most unbelievable thing about double i think is right that he yeah. actually <laughs> inserted in correctly each yeah. time right unbelievable. Like twice an episode at least i don't buy it <laughs> You think you're telling me we had USB C in in 2009? <laughs> Get out of my face! That was like almost 10 years ago. No, Absolutely there's fiction, ridiculous. there's science fiction, and there's fantasy. This is stepped into fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine if they had to put together a little Lego set real quick. Yeah, but they could speed that up and make it look cool. Damn it! I'm ready for Common Rider Brick, man. Make mm. that happen. Let's do Yo, this. Yo, Minecraft. Yeah. We can have hot. we can have a Lego movie that's Common Rider. Like, come <gasps> on, man. Mm-mm-mm. Like, game over. Just who take has, my bank account info. You could like, sell wait, who ha- who has the the Common Rider license? Because I know there's a company in Japan that does. I think it might be Nanoblocks. <laughs> really? Oh. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> not Mega Block. Not Mega Blocks. No, Nanoblocks. no, no. Nanoblocks are so itty bitty. Yeah, they are. <laughs> oh boy. Well, guys, that was all of our questions for this week. Um, John, thanks so much for being on the pod with us. It was great having you here. Thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch like all eight of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that's, for a ride, my then friend. cut off and probably drop right there. <laughs> Who right? knows? That might not cut off. This actually, <laughs> like, you know, 
right. doesn't seem monster of the week yeah i think um i think no all right sorry um <laughs> i think okay. toko's sort of gotten past that a little bit like Has it is, but it isn't yeah let the folks know uh where they can follow you uh twitter instagram right uh if you want to see drawings uh at workbench uh w-a-r-k-b-e-n-c-h uh if you want to see just a bunch of crap uh at burgersama not gonna spell it (laughs) burgersama (laughs) it should be obvious (laughs) right on you'll know you got there right thanks for tuning in to the super senpai podcast we'll notice you again next time super Super senpai Senpai podcast Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, <laughs> my